I'm Rachel, the creative director for Ram Dass's Love Serve Remember Foundation, and I'd like to welcome you to our Inner Academy, a virtual Dharma Hall where our family of wisdom teachers will help you navigate your daily life by bringing ancient wisdom into a modern context. With over 200 hours of audio and video teachings, meditations, and practices from teachers like Ram Dass, Krishna Dass, Sharon Salzberg, Jack Kornfield, Roshi Joan Halifax, Joseph Goldstein, and many more, the Inner Academy is your core resource for finding balance, presence, and navigating the ups and downs of your daily life. The Inner Academy has guidance for every step of your journey. Choose from an annual or monthly membership and gain access to past and future courses, retreat replays, virtual community, and much more. If you've been familiar with Love Server Member Foundation for a while, you'll know that most of our offerings are given freely or on a sliding scale basis. So when you subscribe to the Inner Academy, you're paying it forward and bolstering our ability to continue creating accessible offerings for all in the future, as Ramdas wished for us to do. Be here now and start your journey with Ramdas's Inner Academy today. For more, visit ramdas.org forward slash Inner Academy. Welcome to the Real Love Podcast Series, right here on the Sharon Salzberg Meta Hour. This series features a variety of conversations with some of the world's finest teachers and thinkers, all exploring Sharon's new book, Real Love, The Art of Mindful Connection. Real Love is a field guide for anyone seeking awakened living in the 21st century. To get your copy of Real Love, visit SharonSalzberg.com. This podcast is brought to you by the Be Here Now Network. If you're interested in supporting this podcast, please visit www.BeHereNowNetwork.com backslash Sharon. Hi, I'm Sharon Salzberg, and I'm so happy to be sitting down today with Congressman Tim Ryan for the second half of our conversation for my Real Love podcast series. For those of you just tuning in for the first time, Congressman Ryan currently serves in the U.S. Congress, representing Ohio's 13th District. He's been reelected seven times since originally being elected to the U.S. House of Representatives in 2002. Congressman Ryan serves as a member of the powerful House Appropriations Committee, and is co-chairman of the Congressional Manufacturing Caucus. In 2012, he published a wonderful book called The Mindful Nation, a book that I really love. We're recording today in the heart of Washington, D.C., in the Congressional Office Building. You may occasionally be hearing the sounds of construction going on just outside. And to Congressman Ryan, it's such an honor to be here with you. So I was um, wondering, are you still on uh, a committee dealing with addiction? Yes. Yeah. Um, doing a lot, a lot of addiction stuff. So I co-chair a caucus that's the Addiction Treatment and Recovery uh-huh. Caucus. Uh-huh. And Ohio is the worst state with opiate uh, addiction. In fact, last week we had in one night like 18 or 19 overdoses and three people died. And it's just, it's a mess. It's terrible. It's terrible everywhere. Yeah. It's terrible in Massachusetts. It's terrible everywhere. Yeah. 
And so, of course, you know, we, we can think of um, addiction as a kind of spiritual crisis. And mm-hmm. Not only does it seem there's an economic crisis going on in this country and racial crisis and all kinds of things, but there's a spiritual crisis that mm-hmm. so many people are going through. Is, and we're looking for a sense of community. We're looking for some sense of worth, something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. And, and this has been a terrible turn, you know, into into those drugs. Yeah. You know, I remember when I first got into the state Senate, um, I was 26 or 27 years old, and a, a steel mill closed down, copper weld steel, and then it evolved into a couple other. But it closed down. It was ready to close down, and the union was trying to buy the facility through what's called an ESOP, an employee-owned. Mm-hmm. So I go to this... Um, it's an old Packard music hall, the Packard brothers who did the car and all that stuff. Then they're from Warren, Ohio. So anyway, there was this big, beautiful music hall and the union was in there and there were about 2000 families and the union guys were with some professor from Kent state up on stage trying to explain Mm -hmm. what does an employee owned facility look like? You use pension money to buy it and all this stuff. And I remember there was a guy who walked up to one of the microphones there. And I was just kind of in the back, brand new state senator. And I just remember him saying, you know, we have got to do something. Um, I've got kids. I got a mortgage, you know, all that. And he said, and that's that I go and I run the continuous caster machine. He, that's my machine. He said, that's my, he's like almost breaking down. That's my machine. And that's the purpose, like the dignity of work. Right. It's like right. it doesn't matter right. if you're a meditation right. teacher or a congressman or a steel worker. It's like you find yeah. dignity in yeah. work, providing for your family. And even that's my machine. You know, yeah. that was yeah. a multi million yeah. dollar machine. It yeah. wasn't quite his machine, yeah. Yeah. but he ran it and that was his. And he lost that. And I think that's the crisis that you see happening in Ohio, in the South in a lot of uh, Mm -hmm. most places now in the country unfortunately that lack of uh, purpose not enough work out there that really helps you feel dignified yeah and that's the crisis we're dealing with maybe we don't have a sense of interdependence enough because something i do if i go into an organization or um, a company and a question i ask is how many other people have to be doing their jobs well for you to do your job well? Because mm. we feel so isolated. But really, yeah. that surgeon is counting on the housekeeper yeah. for that operating theater. Yeah. You yeah. know, and like Absolutely. everybody has this kind of standard of excellence. Yeah. Yeah. A buddy of mine, a congressman from Louisiana, told this story the other day. They have a lot of famous restaurants in New Orleans. And, and uh, the top chef he was talking with of one of the local restaurants was saying how the most important person in the kitchen is the dishwasher and he said well what what do you mean the dishwasher you're the celebrity chef and you know and he said i can tell from the what the dishwasher tells me what dinners are cooked properly what people are eating they're eating their peas they're not eating their peas (laughs) you know because of what the dishwasher so that's the most important person in my kitchen And it shows that interconnectedness, that we are all connected. And right now, even though we've got machines and all this stuff, we Mm -hmm. seem more disconnected than ever before. And a lack of, I think a lot of it comes from a lack of respect. You know, it's like, well, you're a teacher. 
you know, you're in the terrorist organization. Well, wait a minute. I have a lot of teachers, and maybe not all of them are good, but they're not terrorists. They're still teaching kids, and it's just that lack of respect for mm -hmm. people uh, that are out, you know, trying to do the work, the people who work for the city, who mm -hmm. make the sewers run and the water come on. And, you know, I get fascinated every time I go to New York City and just, I'm like, how does the water even go on? <laughs> how can I pick one of these buildings, go up the 10th floor and turn the spigot on and like, the water comes on. Like, how does that even happen? It's yeah. a miracle. How does anything happen yeah, there? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and it's That's that... True. It is that interdependence and that respect for the people that you don't always see doing yeah. doing their job. Yeah, you know, and that's all people want. They want a job and they want to be able to do it and they want to get paid a fair wage. And that's yeah. not where we're at today, and that's why we're seeing such high levels of anxiety. Yeah, I mean, maybe that's partly a role for <clears throat> mindfulness too, right? Because how do we start noticing the things we're overlooking and how do we find one another again? And, mm -hmm. you know, there's certain parts of the social fabric that are just so different, like that book, which um, is so great, even just its title, Bowling Alone, mm -hmm. you know, about the breakdown of bowling leagues mm -hmm. and how people, the ways we used to come together mm -hmm. in community, it's just not happening so much anymore. Maybe church or maybe synagogue, but not to the same extent, right? Right, and right. So how do Lions we find Club, each other? Kiwanis, right. American yeah. Legion. I mean, go through yeah. the list of those yeah. institutions, unions yeah. that held held society together. Yeah. And a lot of it, what I think the mindfulness comes in is people don't feel like anyone sees them. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. Do you see what I'm going through here? And I think not to get political, but I think that's what that's how Donald Trump won. Mm -hmm. He started. He made people who haven't been seen in a while feel at least seen. That's I don't right. know if they That's completely right. believed everything he was saying, yeah. but they felt like somebody saw him, yeah. you know, yeah. and it could have been BS. Probably was, in my opinion, but that's my yeah. opinion. Yeah. But they felt that somebody felt saw seen. him yeah. and somebody heard him yeah. and was trying to speak for them. And I think that's important because yeah. that's that's really what we've lost. You know, we've we've moved into the suburbs and drive around poverty, drive around a lot of the problems that we have in society. And, you know, it's it's part of the problem. I think if we're going to have a new version of America, it's going to start with, you know, we see, we got to start seeing each other. Yeah. You know? That's fabulous. I mean, it's interestingly enough, it's one of the ways I define love in my book, Real Love. Because oh. I talk about a dream I had where I was teaching at IMS in the dream. Uh -huh. And, uh, and I was at IMS literally and, and asleep there. And uh, in a dream, I was talking to somebody and they said, why do we love people? And I said in the dream, because they see us. Mm. And then I woke up Whoa. and I thought, that's pretty good. Hey, you know, like, <laughs> write that down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got that one right. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's very hard because maybe we don't see ourselves either that well anymore. So, yeah. The, the real version of yourself you may yeah. see some yeah. concocted version that yeah. has evolved over time that isn't really you. Yeah, and we see that, and that, yeah. and and that, you know, I mean that that does come also from a lack of opportunity. Not always, but yeah. you know, yeah. the opportunity to grow and and um, and we've got a lot of communities where that the the opportunities aren't there. 
to grow, to yeah. find a job you really like. You know, yeah. and we yeah, talk yeah. about, man, just live your dream and find yeah, yeah. and follow your bliss. Follow your bliss. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, you know, follow your bliss and yeah. you know, Portsmouth, Ohio, yeah, where people privileged. are dropping dead from overdoses left yeah. and right, and yeah. factories have closed, and your social network is in that town. Although it, you know, you may not be completely happy. Your your babysitters are there, and your mom's in a local nursing home. And mm -hmm. you know, if something goes wrong, your church will help you. Your social network is there, and so yeah. there's no picking up and leaving to go. Yeah, you know, go anywhere yeah. and follow your bliss. You know, yeah, you no. got to figure, and that's where these practices come because you can find some level of happiness right where you are. As our buddy John says. That's right. <laughs> it's right where you are. And also, you know, people ask all the time, like, well, isn't mindfulness or meditation practice just kind of self-indulgent? You're going to, you know, lie happily on your couch, being happy with your mm -hmm. own self and, you know, forget about all these people. But I think it's the cutting edge. It could be the cutting edge mm -hmm. if applied appropriately, you know, to finding one another again. Mm -hmm. And... um you know, it's not like everybody in the world has to meditate, but at least if, if one has that kind of skill mm -hmm. set mm -hmm. and, and actively uses it, then uh, it's not just, you know, la-di-da and, and having that kind of superficial mm -hmm. sense of escape at all. It's, I mean, I wish sometimes it was more of an escape. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like not much of an escape. <laughs> but but uh, I'm so intrigued with that question. It's like right now in, in the political sphere, I meet so many people who say they either can't stand their own anger anymore. They're just like so angry at what's happened that mm -hmm. they're, um, they can't, they can't abide that. And they're just in a lot of pain about that. Or they feel so hopeless. They mm -hmm. just don't know what to do to try to make this a better world. And, mm -hmm. and there's such a sense of stuckness from, from those people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know? I get it. You know, I you know it's it's a hard time to be a citizen today. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's yeah. uh, not a lot of conversations, not a lot of problem solving, not a lot of people actually trying to say, okay, you're a Republican, I'm a Democrat. Okay, so there's nothing we agree on. Like we can't figure out anything, and that's just not the way mm -hmm. it is. And there mm -hmm. are meditators who are Republicans and meditators who mm -hmm. are Democrats. Mm -hmm. um, and so we've got to figure out how to cross that divide and I think it does it does stop start by slowing down and saying okay what am I so mad about you know and I get it and there's a lot I think to be angry about but there's also a lot to do yes in local communities you know there's a ton of stuff innovations going on in schools and in the the food movement and mm -hmm. urban agriculture mm -hmm. and you know, there's so many um, military families and veterans who need help and assistance. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're not, you know, we, we can't expect just the president of the United States is going to fix all our problems right. or the government right. in Washington is going to fix all our problems. Right. I believe it can be a force for good. But at the same time, if it's not working, you can plug into your church and your school and be involved mm -hmm. in your community to make things better. You Absolutely. Know, not just throw your hands up and give up. I mean, that's the last thing we need right now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's so tempting, but it is the last thing It is tempting. And, you yeah. want to put, pull your you know, covers over your head in the morning and like, do I... You know, uh, who's president today, you know? And 
what did he tweet about? You know, and it, it, it can get you, it can get you all riled up, but you got to stick with it. And you know, what I'm trying to do now, and I think this is where the kind of the contemplation and mindfulness and awareness come in. Say, if we just stop and look at what the challenges are in our country, it's staggering to think about what's happening in the world. I mean, yeah. we talked about the opiate yeah. uh, problem in the country. Almost 50-some thousand people in, a couple of years ago died. It's like Vietnam War happening every year. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, you look at teen suicides. You look at veteran suicides. You mm-hmm. look at globalization and automation and all the income inequality that's happened. Um, you look at, you know, climate change, six degrees Celsius in the next seven years, 70 years is going to increase. There's three billion more people moving into the middle class in the next two decades. Um, our food supply has to increase by 50%. I mean, the, the, it's staggering to yeah. think about it. And here yeah. we are because we're so distracted by a tweet or yeah. a news story yeah. that yeah. jacks yeah. our amygdala up and gets us all yeah. fired yeah. up about and in the, our fight or flight response. That we're literally not solving the problems that we that we challenges that we have that will overwhelm us yeah if yeah. we don't start dealing with them yeah i mean what i you know when i tell people well first of all i think you're totally right about everything but you know can you say that in the I, microphone I, yeah again? i think right. he is completely right yeah somebody if only that i lived in ohio get then that I could out vote for him, which I get that do. to the new york times but instead <laughs> I, since i don't live in ohio maybe i just have to go campaign for him and help him in any way I can because you're totally right. Um, you know, sometimes I ask people uh, in terms of going local, I say, who's your state senator? And they don't even know they have one. Yeah. You know, it's just something that has gotten lost in the mm-hmm. fabric of our political discourse. And I say, don't you realize that you have to vote for everybody? You have to vote for sheriff. You have to vote for yeah. You have to participate in every every election and yeah. and go local you know there's yeah. something there's someone who needs you and um i have some friends who, who i had a, a friend a family and uh this is before the last presidential election um where the, i said to the the young boy how old are you and he said i'll be 18 soon and i said oh you can vote and then there was like silence at the table and then later the dad said to me well, we don't vote i said you've got to vote you've got to vote and I said you know a common thing to say is well they're not that different the two candidates or they're just different on the margins and I said there are a lot of people who live on those margins Mm -hmm. you know uh, you may not feel you're going to be affected although look what happened Mm -hmm. but uh, you know when you're talking about a slight increase in minimum wage that means something to somebody Mm -hmm. you know and and you can't you can't just Mm -hmm. let it go and um, and in every election, you know, mm-hmm. in, in uh, whatever, however small it seems, mm-hmm. school board, you know, like yeah. all of it. And yeah. then uh, based on that, you can tell I'm, as you know, I'm extremely passionate about voting. And mm-hmm. so something I, I feel like I've done is like in this kind of pressured time, I, I've had to say, okay, that is my issue. Mm-hmm. You know, that's where I'm, not that I don't care about anything else, obviously. Mm-hmm. It'd be really sad to, you know, go to polling place and have the earth explode mm-hmm. from within mm-hmm. due to heat but you know it's like I'm going to just pour my heart into what I'm really passionate about mm-hmm. and and that kind of saves me in a way mm-hmm. um, because I feel like okay I'm, I'm taking whatever 
kind of agitated feelings I have, and I'm turning them to action. Mm -hmm. And I'm practicing trying to be one-pointed and, and clear and, mm -hmm. you know, have a good motivation and a sense of compassion in what I do. And um, I think when you just try to take it all in, yeah, and you're not putting your energy in any one place or whatever places really move you, it is so overwhelming. It's overwhelming. It's overwhelming. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's not like you got to save the world. I mean, you just got to, you know, that's a, the, the whole move coming out of World War II and that generation was like, okay, these, these young kids are going to go to the Peace Corps and VISTA and teach and, you know, everyone's going to do their thing. Maybe go into science and help the country land on the moon or, you know, design new uh, planes and there's a huge aerospace boom. And I mean, it was just like there was something for everybody. Yeah. Just go out and do it, yeah. you know? Yeah. And and then we've lost that kind of, there's a role for everybody. Well, who's mm -hmm. paying for that? The government's paying for that. I'm like, look, are we really having this conversation? Like, yeah, I mean, the government's going to pay for certain things and private sector pays for other things. And together mm -hmm. we build an economy that works for everybody and unions are strong and people are making a good wage and all of that. It can happen again, you know, but we've gotten this whole attitude. I mean, mm -hmm. you think about it from a deeper level about the whole anti-government sentiment mm -hmm. in the country. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. it's like, that's our vehicle for collective action. Yeah. Like, that's yeah. us. That's right, that like, is us. So <laughs> you, you can dislike it, but like, you don't want to hate yourself because you're yeah. we're all part of that, whether you yeah. vote or yeah. don't vote. And yeah. that mentality, unfortunately, is still living with us. And it went from a sunny Ronald Reagan, you know, the government is the problem and yeah. I'll help make it better, to like where we are now. This has been a 30-year arc and it ends, I think, like it ends because then it's like, well, who hates the government more? And now you're getting candidates who will shut down the government, who say the government shouldn't pay their past debts that we have, which would cause all kinds of problems or every government program is bad and then look like okay i'm not saying medicare is the most efficient program we have a bill to like cut waste fraud and abuse as a democrat i'm one of the few people that talk about it but it's like medicare provides health care for senior citizens and lifted them out of poverty you know when they you know insurance companies can't make money off of covering old sick people I'm so glad. So, <laughs> you know, I mean, so they, so we had to come up with a system like, okay, what are we going to do with our parents and grandparents when they get older? Well, we're going to have to create a Medicare style program where we all chip in when we're healthy. And then when you're older, 80% of your healthcare is covered by this program. That's not perfect, but like, let's fix it. But like some of these guys say, well, we want to, we don't want to kill it. We just want to, uh, get it small enough we can put it in a bathtub and drown it like it's like okay that's that's not helpful like and let's argue about how to fix it we may have this idea on one side this idea on the other side but it's like that's collective action that was us solving a problem yeah, yeah. medicaid for the poor and heating assistance for people in new england and ohio when it gets cold in the winter and they don't have enough money and their heating bill goes up like don't we want to help those people because tomorrow could be you I mean, that, that's the sense of citizenship is, you know, we're here to not waste money, but we're in this together as citizens. So we do have to find one another again, because if we don't have that sense of the whole, of the collection, you know, of yeah. us, yeah. Uh, if it's almost like self and other and us and them, we're yeah. really in big trouble. Yeah. 
I'm really big on on uh, national service. I think we have got to get to a point mm-hmm. where you know every kid you know has to do something you know, and if you do mm-hmm. it for a year, you get two years of community college or college. If you do it for two years, we'll give you four years. I mean, just to just to go out and meet people and get connected and serve. You know, we we are social beings who need to connect at a deep social level and help each other get along. Mm-hmm. And I think we need to reestablish that because it is, it's getting so, kids are on their phone, kids don't look in the eye, kids don't shake your hand, kids are losing the social skills, the ability to talk and work problems out. I think we've got to have an act that, that says, look, you you got to go out and, you got to go out and inter, uh, interface with people. And then you start to recognize the connection That's and true. the interconnection. It's like other kinds of people too, you know? Yeah. Yeah, white people go meet black people and brown yeah. people and learn about their culture and their religion yeah. and yeah. you know rich people go you know meet poor people and poor people go meet rich people and the debate today is like all poor people are bad. One side says you know all poor people they're they're bad they're you know they're on the dole and you know all the negative stereotypes that go with that. And then I think sometimes Democrats are we, we hate rich people. You know, wait a minute. I mean. A lot of these people worked hard. They started yeah. their own business yeah. and they made a lot of wealth and they got rich. Like that in and of itself is not a reason to hate somebody. Yeah. Now, if you're greedy and you do self-dealing and you collapse the economy, you know, yeah. you, you have to punish them, I think, yeah. you know, yeah. but it's like there's no, there shouldn't be no, oh, they, they're bad because they're rich or they're bad because they're poor. It's like, right. well, wait a minute. Right. It's all, doesn't it depend on who? Right. I know a lot of rich people that are nice guys, and I know a lot of rich people that aren't so nice, yeah. and yeah. vice versa. So this whole, again, it's seeing them, meeting them, getting over that fear, and getting reconnected. Yeah, well, I think you're totally right, again, because, you know, it almost doesn't matter what your ideology is. If you're caught in ideology, then we lose that human um, capacity, like for all the people who say to me, why did you go to that company to teach mindfulness, you mm-hmm. know, because that's like heartless, you know, that's mm-hmm. that's the corporate world, or that's, you know, people are just trying to use these practices to get ahead and be more efficient and, and be more inhumane in a way, you know, to be more productive. And I don't like the word productive anyway, you mm-hmm. know, but but I say, well, you know, I have never gone into a company and had somebody say to me, how do I feel less and how do I be more soulless so I can be more productive and get ahead? Mm-hmm. They're all talking about their alcoholic brother or their kid they're worried about or, mm-hmm. you know, they can't sleep at night because they're so stressed. Mm-hmm. Or, mm-hmm. And I said, people, people. Mm-hmm. You know, that mm-hmm. that's the truth. But if you don't go there, mm-hmm. it's so easy to have just a thought yeah. about somebody else. And so... Well, they need to be seen too. I mean... Regardless of if you're poor, or, I mean, there's some lonely, lonely rich people yeah. who build a prison with their wealth around themselves and become very isolated, and then it turns into drugs and alcohol and all kinds of stuff because they're lonely and they're, you know, in bad shape. So, you know, I this probably isn't in vogue to say as a congressman today, but like we got to just stop judging everybody. Like, the older you get, the more it's like, look, I mean, we're all dealing with stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. family stuff, friends stuff, growing up stuff, you know, work stuff. 
it's all we all do it we're all yeah. human beings yeah. running around yeah. the same earth like we've yeah. all got these things that yeah. we're dealing with heartache tragedy yeah joy i mean we all go through the gamut and um we shouldn't be so judgmental of yeah. other people yeah. you know it doesn't mean you can't evaluate and tell your kids not to talk to a stranger but like you know be yeah. smart about this yeah. but it's so much instantaneous judgment yeah. on everything yeah. You know, yeah. and it's just, it it's diminishing dialogue, our ability to communicate with each other. You see it mm -hmm. on social media is the biggest example of kind of the worst case scenario, I think. Like, you got 140 characters <laughs> to, you know, when you're dealing with politics, you're dealing with like, okay, I'm going to explain my version of tax reform in 140 characters or how we fix healthcare in 140 characters and you know I know half the people are going to be for it and half the people are going to scream and yell about it like that's not really a discussion I mean these are tools to help us communicate but we we get in these default positions where you know I go on Fox News a lot and a lot of Democrats don't go on Fox News but I kind of like it you know <laughs> And I go on with these guys and I, you know, dust it up with them. And, you know, it's, it's it, I, I, I don't know what, I may be sick, but I kind of like it. And and so we'll get followers mm -hmm. that are Fox News devotees. Mm -hmm. And so Fox News will tweet out something that I was on and then they get my Twitter handle and then they follow me and then they're off to the races, right? So now they're following my Twitter on every day. So... You know, and it's just so funny to see how they react to every little thing that I say. Like, I could yeah. not say one thing right. Be like, you know, I, I cut the grass and I swept the um, garage and I washed my wife's car. I babysat the kid and I, and I made him a birthday cake myself. And they would find something wrong with like, what <laughs> I did. Terrorists. Like, what are you? How come you're not working on legislation? You know, they, but yeah, they find something that like... And so you just got to like, it's, you know, can't take that stuff personal, but it's just an example of the hyper mm -hmm. partisanship and yeah. just the knee jerk immediate on both sides. And I think people are getting exhausted from it, which is why Sharon to the rescue. You know? <laughs> oh, it's, it's like, well, it's just yeah. like slow down, like, yeah. okay, time out. Yeah. You think about, yeah. you know, I just think about like riding my bike down my grandparents. They lived about two blocks from me growing up. And I'd ride, I'd ride the bike down there. And, uh, you know, they had the, they had the old big band music radio station on. They were praying the rosary. <laughs> I'd walk in, there'd be some good, they were Italian. So there was always something <laughs> cooking, a lot of garlic, and I could smell it. And I was like, they didn't, ha they had a garden. It was like, they weren't inundated yeah. like we are with information and opinions and people telling us how to think about things and what our opinion should be about things. And it was just like, man, or the, when the country was more agrarian and farming, and it was like, look, there are three TV stations, maybe none, you know, going back 100 years or so. Um, the radio, fireside chats, the president would come on and talk to the country. And, you know, it's like... It sounds so relaxing. I mean, <laughs> it does. Like, yeah, I'm gonna like you know work my garden, farm a little bit. I mean, obviously it was hard work, but it was yeah, just absolutely. a quieter time. Yeah, it was a quieter time. 
Yes, it's a spiritual crisis all around, you know, and like yeah, and all all kinds of levels. I think the statistic someone googled it for me the other day. I think the statistic in America was that something like seventy two percent of people said that they were lonely. Oh my goodness! You know, so whoa, it's a big number. That's a big number, three fourths. You know, so mm. maybe we do have to, you know, just more and more. Yeah. for these skills, you know, or some skills so that people mm -hmm. can slow down and, and uh, have some sense of appreciation for what is and, mm -hmm. and just um, get a little calmer because it's, it is frantic. And, and the, the reductionistic tendency is also really true. I saw you mm -hmm. quoted somewhere on Twitter and it didn't sound like, I thought he didn't, he didn't really say that. So I went back to Morning Joe, which was, show you were on mm -hmm. to hear what you actually said mm -hmm. you know in that mm -hmm. <laughs> in that oh, way on the tax on the corporate tax i don't remember yeah, what it was uh, you know uh, something yeah. I, thought, I didn't think so you know like yeah and then when i heard it of course it was a much more nuanced fuller yeah, yeah. uh you know yeah. but then i thought oh god you have to check out everything <laughs> you know it's like yeah you, you can't just say oh you know yeah I'm all riled up <laughs> yeah somebody tell me why yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, in the you know the, the lonely piece, I'd be interested in your opinion on, um, you know what. What do you tell somebody that's lonely? You know, like, what do you say? I mean, we were just meeting the other day with the postal workers, uh, letter carriers, and they were just talking about how on on their route in Youngstown, they see a lot of old people. And their interaction that they have with the letter carrier is the only interaction every single day that that senior citizen will have. Yeah. And I said, jeez, oh, man. That's, that's your 72%. Yeah. You know, right there. I mean, what do you tell somebody who's lonely? I mean, what do you say to them? Well, I mean... As a teacher. As a teacher? Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I think there's a certain connection to oneself that we enter the world, just a sense of life mm -hmm. um, that we can really develop. And, and structurally, it doesn't exist. You know, it used to be maybe they would be part of a town that would mm -hmm. be more integrated in terms of age and mm -hmm. there'd be more respect, as you yeah. said, you know, mm -hmm. toward a, a senior citizen. But... Um, Families living together. Yeah. And, generational. And there's something you could do. You're offering. You're not just receiving. You know, mm -hmm. it's not just a kind of charity thing that somebody comes to visit you, but you have the wisdom of the years you've lived. You mm -hmm. know, you've probably let go of a lot. You've seen a lot. And, and that was more solicited. Mm -hmm. You know, so to understand part of the problem is not of your making. You know, part of the problem is the way society has kind of degenerated in a way. Mm -hmm. um, and... I would find a thing that you care about, you know, and even if it's a letter to the editor, that is your action. Mm -hmm. You know, you can take some action mm -hmm. or um, be of help, you know, in some way. Um, coach somebody, help a kid read, you know, mm -hmm. something like that. And if you can, you know, if that mm -hmm. kind of situation evolves. But basically, I think it's connecting to yourself in a different way so you don't feel so... Um, left out mm -hmm. you know that that there's a fuller sense of uh contact and connection mm -hmm. from your side mm -hmm. you know in in doing that and people get it you know like i know technology is a really mixed bag and um 
but I've seen like people's parents, you know, friends' parents getting turned on to email, mm-hmm. and and suddenly they're like, you know, mm-hmm. wow, you know, like I have a pen pal and you know, yeah, some other part of the world, yeah, or, yeah, Facebook, yeah, see the grandkids' pictures and all that, yeah, yeah. and and to whatever extent that can that can serve, I mm-hmm. think it's. It's really it's a good thing. Helps yeah, it's connect. connection. Yeah, it's all about connection, and um, and they have some wisdom. I should say, I shouldn't say that. I should say we, <laughs> since uh, <laughs> I am getting on in years. <laughs> but uh, you know, there is wisdom to to impart and to share. Um, it's tough though, you know, because the structures don't exist. Mm-hmm. Where um, I mean, if if we had national service, for example. Mm. then there would be somebody visiting those people mm-hmm. and maybe talking to them in a sincere way, you mm-hmm. know, to learn from them yeah. as well as bring them a meal or right. or whatever it is. Cut their or, grass. You know, or, yeah. yeah, and get that recipe from them, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and like, yeah. you know, begin to understand that, oh, life didn't always look this particular way. Yeah. Yeah. Give them some perspective. But now, you know, it's kind of, it's a shameful thing to get older in this country and uh you know so maybe another effort is to really um you know try to turn that around in terms of media and mm-hmm. and so on because uh, now i am older and uh, <laughs> you want the media to I, 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 yeah i want, I want to be honored <laughs> you know like i did qualify i had a major birthday this year oh i qualified for a certain card with oh my kind of goodness insurance. uh but i'm thinking about it. i was in england with a friend of mine couple of years ago so we were both like over 60 at that point and we went to some state park or national park or something um and they had a senior discount so my friend asked for two tickets at that discounted rate and the guy just handed them to her and she was really upset she said you're not supposed to do that you're supposed to say no way madam are you over 60 (laughs) why are you trying to pull it off you know Right, right show me some id and he was a lovely gentleman immediately said, "Yes, show me some ID, <laughs> right? You know, and, and so, yeah, of course we we're worthy of that discount. Um, you know, so there's a lot of culture to change too in yeah. terms of respect and yeah. and understanding. You know, it's not really a shameful thing. It's pretty great. Basically. Yeah, well, we're all gonna do it. Hopefully, <laughs> yeah, God willing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and that's again, it all kind of gets back to the the disconnection yeah you know and if that's kind of like an underlying or connection is an underlying principle for us as we govern ourselves yeah you know yeah. how we build our communities for example yeah. yeah you know more walkable more connected to the downtown to the river walk and the, have an amphitheater and you know facilities where we can experience entertainment together um, and the restaurants. I mean, you see it happening in some downtown yeah. communities yeah. where, you know, you don't need a car. Yeah. You know, um, public transit. Even in suburbs, they're developing downtown areas in the suburbs. That's nice. It's great, you know, and it's and yeah. people like it, and it's relaxing, and it's about community, and it's the old like as an Irishman, I say the pub. You know, it was a public house. It's where you would go, and that's where everybody socialized um, and got together. 
And you have two very convivial lineages with the Italians I, and the yeah, Irish. Yeah, you know? have no idea. <laughs> you want to talk therapy? Okay. <laughs> sure, when we're offline. We'll, we'll yeah. start with the Italian side, and then we'll go to the Irish side. Okay. <laughs> very, very festive people. Yes. Very festive people. Um, yeah, so, you know, it's about figuring out how, you know, as we're, as we have to rebuild these communities, um, you know, how are we going to do it? How are we going to do it differently? How are we going to do it differently? Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it was like, you know, everything after World War II was how do we move it to the suburbs? Roads, water lines, sewer lines, mortgage deductions, you know, yeah. housing yeah. assistance. There were programs to convert farmland into entertainment. You know, people would take that and, you know, do golf courses in the suburbs and country clubs and all that stuff. And everything moved out. And I think now there's there's a real need, both because of the population increase, but also a, a spiritual need of, like, can, getting reconnected yeah yeah and how do we do that and and put things back downtown and that's what millennials want and that's what um, baby boomers want you know as they're getting a little bit older they want to maybe ditch the car too or at least one of the cars and how do we like yeah. walk around yeah. And, like, yeah you know kind of tone it down a little bit so great so i see the same thing with green space Mm -hmm. parks and mm -hmm. urban parks and urban agriculture like so that's a connection to the earth and mm -hmm. to nature and more and more studies are coming online of how beneficial that is to just take mm -hmm. a walk in the park yeah. literally yeah. and yeah. in the woods and um just kind of turn the phone off and get that connection so you got your connection to each other you got your connection to your environment and you know at the end of the day it all starts with the connection to yourself, yeah. as you articulated. Yeah. 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 So it's about, you know, and you, you just read, there's a great book called Sapiens. Have you read this book? Uh, I have not read it. I heard he's a student of Goenkis. He meditates tw two hours a day. Uh, yeah, he's a yeah. two hour man. Yeah. <laughs> and when you, I didn't know that when I read the book. And as yeah. I was reading it, I was like, this guy is an absolute meditator. Yeah, yeah. And then I didn't You're realize right. yeah. two hours a day, but, yeah, yeah. you know, makes yeah. sense. But the whole, the whole idea that that as a species, as Homo sapiens, we are social. Like we survive because of our That's ability right. to yeah. be connected yeah. to each other in environments where we're not the mm -hmm. biggest, not the fastest, not the strongest, and right. you know it was our it was our ability to communicate, our our social skills, and then obviously our brains developed uh, more and more, and then our ability to think, but to share thinking to share thoughts like I went over there and there was a big bear you you know if you go that way just keep your eyes open and sharpen your spear you know and so that's kind of like another fundamental thing like we we in order to survive we have to be connected to each other yeah in all kinds of different ways and so the service is a piece social and emotional learning with Dan Goldman and Linda Lantieri and so mm -hmm. many of our friends mm -hmm. are doing in mm -hmm. schools now. And you see the results Tim Shriver was in. So Tim, who runs Special Olympics and also is chair of the board of CASEL, which is the Collaborative for yeah. Academic yeah. Social and Emotional Learning. Um, he was in town and he gave this presentation on social and emotional learning in the schools. 
And it's all about being connected, like the kids know each other's names, the kids share their personal stories, which are tough, mm-hmm. you know, the, their family situation, their neighborhood situation, all kinds of stuff. It, it, it very gently gets shared with the class. So anyway, he was going on about, it's like 11 percentile point increase in test scores, 10% increase in good behavior, 10% decrease in bad behavior, Teachers are happy. We're doing it in Youngstown and Warren City Schools. And I was at an opening, and we did it five years ago, and I go back and I check on a classroom, but we did the kickoff of the school year this year. These teachers are happy. They were cheering. I was like, we're all these terrorists that people are talking about, these teachers. They They were excited. They were energized. And so it gets back to they were connected. They get a little quiet time every day. They yeah. teach the kids the quiet time. They're so connected with the kids. The kids are connected with them. Tesco, they're moving. The state was in to take over the school. They're moving from like F grades on certain you know evaluations to like C's and B's in the last couple of years. I mean, everything is trending in the right direction. So great. And everyone was happy. Yeah. And I yeah. was like, this is so amazing. But yeah. I, now I'm seeing the world through the Sapiens book now, and I'm thinking... Yeah. It, it's the connection. It's the connection. But you, and unfortunately, we've got to kind of teach it, yeah. which was yeah. probably yeah. taught in homes with big right. 10, 12 kids, right. family, and right. a lot right. of fights along the way. But teaching that is, yeah. is essential. So you have the service component. You have social and emotional learning in the schools. Give kids an opportunity to get connected. You know, there's ways we can do this. Even when yeah. you expand healthcare yeah. coverage to people who don't have it, where you're doing prevention and you have yeah. people yeah. teaching you you know, how to, yeah. how to eat yeah. and what to eat, yeah. and your docs are more engaged mm-hmm. rather than a drive-through, here's a prescription, good right. luck to you, right. address and the you symptom. And you get mental health help. You get some yeah. mental health help, you know, mindfulness-based stress reduction yeah. maybe gets reimbursed, you know, yeah. these kind of other alternative approaches where the doctor and the nurses are actually spending a little bit more time with their patients yeah. instead yeah. of the drive-through medicine that we have so much of now. But it all gets back to that principle of connection. Yeah, yeah. It's so, so how fantastic. do our policies evolve from this basic un- need that we have and understanding that we have? To me, that's that's amazing. Direction. I mean, going. that's amazing. I mean, I uh, usually at the end of, and I'm sure I have to go because you are very busy and you have all these other people I'm waiting for you. Book tour, and podcast. <laughs> no. and I'm just trying to run a country. Here. Trying to run a country. Trying, <laughs> trying is the key word. You know, but usually I, I uh, ask people if there's another word for love that they use, and I say mine is connection. But I think we've we've gotten there. Yeah, I mean it's all about connection. I totally agree, and uh, I think you're amazing in in elaborating that into social policy because yeah, that's what's governing our lives. That's what we weave together, mm-hmm. and yeah, and here we are. You know, like yeah. instead of thinking. Wouldn't it be nice, you know? Yeah. Like, and let's create a world that actually reflects that. And everyone's got to be a part of it. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's it's hit me in the last few months. Like, you just can't, even with President Obama, it's like, he can't do everything. Like, we yeah. are citizens yeah. Yeah. of yeah. this country. We all have some stake and responsibility. And you can't, you can't just say, well, and Democrats are famous for this. Like, we're going to elect this president. And we're fall in love with this president, whoever it is, we're going to fall in love and they're going to just make everything right. And I'm going to go back to, you know, eating vegan, you know, or whatever it is we do. <laughs> and, and it's like, no, 
Yeah. No, 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 yeah, no. Yeah. That has not worked out well for us. Yeah. You know, yeah. it hasn't worked out well for the country. Lots of work to do. Yeah. And everybody's got to, you know, obviously you got kids and people are busy and there'll be periods of your life where you're going to be dedicated. Mm-hmm. And that's, that is the most important thing you could do for the country mm-hmm. is raise good kids yeah. that are, yeah. you know, um, connected and sane and yeah. Yeah. happy. So stay focused on that. But then as time frees up. And then up, vote. And then certainly vote <laughs> and pay a little bit of attention and then yeah. teach your kids how to vote. And yeah. Take them to the polls with you and yeah. raise good, civically minded kids. But mm-hmm. I just remember growing up, and it's my grandfather was an usher at church. He was, he ran the beer tent at the at the festival. <laughs> my Italian grandfather, um, and he was um, very involved with his union. Other than that, he would help build the the, the school. Um, you know, very civically yeah. minded yeah. in every aspect. Yeah. That was a part of it. My grandmother was the Rotary Club, and my grandmother ran the campaign for her boss, who was the sheriff in the county. They were all involved, yeah. and it was like yeah. that was just a part of the thing. Yeah. You know, yeah. you're an usher yeah. at the church. I mean, yeah. that's what you yeah. do. You know, yeah. you help out at the festival, and you help out and volunteer, and you, you know, and it was just we got to get that back. That generation yeah. had it. Yeah, yeah. That World War II generation. Yeah. Depression, yeah. war, yeah. Po- post-war, it was all like, we're in this together. Then, you know, getting out of it, you know, and we've got to get that connection back. I completely agree. Wow. Amen. Amen. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy schedule to chat with us today. The work you're doing is truly inspiring. And I, for one, feel very lifted up by your approach to politics and social change. To find out more about Congressman Tim Ryan's work, visit www.timryan.house.gov. And I highly recommend his book, A Mindful Nation. Thank you for listening. This podcast has been brought to you by the Be Here Now Network. Join us this summer for the Real Love Challenge. To get your copy of Real Love, Visit SharonSalzberg.com. May all beings be happy.